0: Time to sink our teeth into all things Gold Coast Suns for the AFL.com.au report card during the shutdown period. We're joined by Callum Toomey. Callum, Good G'day,
1: g'day Mitcho. How are you?
0: Going well, thank you. Bit of chat around the Gold Coast Suns at the moment. You're at the forefront of this. You've been chatting to people at the Suns, most notably their chief executive, Mark Evans, in recent days. Their future, it's on the table. Clubs are being, or people in the industry have been throwing it up. Where do they sit heading into this uh, this crisis period the AFL finds itself in?
1: Well, they sit like all the other clubs, really. I mean, there's a significant amount of clubs that are uh, relying on AFL funding to get through, and they're one of them, no doubt about that. But look, the AFL's CEO, Gil McLaughlin, Mark Evans, you know, the people who you probably should listen to in this regard are talking about entering this crisis with 18 clubs and coming out of it with 18 clubs. And look, the AFL clearly... Um, has invested pretty heavily in the two expansion clubs over the past decade. However, they've also brought money into the game via the ninth game each week and the TV broadcasting deal that's come off that. So there needs to be a bit of a a pro and con in terms of that argument. They haven't just been a drain because without them, they wouldn't have a ninth game to sell off each weekend. So um, look, this is the Suns' third go at it, basically. They've had a couple of different starts that haven't worked, but this time they're into their third year with a new coach, CEO, football manager, list manager. So They've had a period now to work out the club, to work out where it all sits, and to work out what happens next. So, look, I think they're in for the long haul. You know, they're the easy club to look at in terms of um, you know doubts on their futures, given the lack, lack of success for the past ten years and the fact that they're the second newest club in the competition. But I think they'll be there for, be able to ride this storm out as as heavy and as damaging as it looks likely to be.
0: Outside of the Western Bulldogs, there's probably no more disappointing side in round one than Gold Coast. They kicked four goals in a single game of AFL football on their home deck with new recruits, new draftees. How disappointed were you in that game? And was it a bit of, gee, not again after that?
1: Yeah, there was. I I thought they were terrible. They were probably the most disappointing. I think the dis... You know... I know they played Port Adelaide, who were challenging for a top eight berth, but you talk about the Bulldogs. At least Collingwood are a, a legit, legitimate top four side, potentially grand final side again after being very close last year and grand finals the year before. So they maybe have a bit of an out there, the Bulldogs. They're playing a top team. Port Adelaide were traveling. you know They were without a couple of key players too. Charlie Dixon wasn't there. But look, the Suns were really poor. That, the most disappointing part of it for me, Mitch, was that they come off a really exciting Marsh Community Series, didn't they? Yeah. they? They were strong. They were probably one of the better-performed sides across that season period. And then to come out and kick four goals in a night that was pretty good for footy, they were completely smashed around the ground. Look, some small caveats, I guess, is that they did have some senior players missing. Um, Rory Thompson, they have absolutely missed him so much in the past year, and he'll be back soon enough uh, whenever a games return, you'd expect he'll be ready to go at that point after that knee reconstruction last year. Uh, Alex Sexton, their leading goal kicker for last year, was out as well. Jared Harbrow was out. Jack Homsch wasn't playing. So, look, I know every team entered round one with some injuries and, and different sort of setups and lineups, but they do rely on their senior players at different stages. However, they, they need to not rely on them as much. That's, that's a challenge for them, and they're, they're really disappointing in round one.
0: 19 games straight they've lost. Yeah, Who's- it's not good, is it? Who's changing it? When we see their first game back after the break, what, what are we going to look for that's different? And what and who's driving them in this change?
1: Um, because of their list building, we talk about the new recruits, and a lot has to come back to those guys as well in Hugh Greenwood and Brandon Ellis. They've been bought up there on good money, long-term deals, and there's a, a level of responsibility that comes with those deals as well to help lift the standards and lift the group when the going does get tough. However, because of their listed demographic as well, the responsibility also falls on the guys who are only 22 and 23. I'm talking about uh, the Jack Bowes type of players who are in their fourth year of, of being in the system. Will Brody, Ben Ainsworth had a really good preseason. He was actually quite solid against the power, uh and one of their better players. You know, Jack Lakoshas and Ben King are all only, only in their second year, but they're top six picks, both of them, uh, and will hold down key posts this season. Matt Rowland, Noah Anderson, a lot comes with being the pick one and two. At a new club and had new picks at that sort of um, top end so look i've just mentioned seven or eight top ten picks and that just comes with the territory you're on you know contracts that are pretty healthy you know they've been at the club a few years now i'm hoping that those guys can get injury free particularly i know ben ainsworth in particular has had some injury struggles throughout his career but you get those guys fit and play 20 games together and i think that they can grow as a unit
0: their list demographic is unique it's different to most other clubs but They're on their own in terms of the list size at the moment. They've got the biggest list, which may have to be cut more significantly than other clubs when we go into, depending on what 2021 looks like. You look at guys like George Holland-Smith, Corey Ellis, uh, Jack Homp. He probably not so much in this category because he has played a bit. But these part-time guys have brought in for leadership as mature age guys. Is 2021 going to be the change of all that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I spent some. I spent about a week up there last year, Mitch, and it was one of the best experiences I've done in my footy journalism. Just to be inside a club and to see what it all goes into it and behind the scenes, and to be open access to everything, including coaches' meetings, you know, team meetings, leadership meetings, all the rest. So that was really interesting. And what did strike me was how much George Hall and Smith did drive a lot of that. Um, yeah. Anthony Miles was there as well uh, and doing a lot of that. You know, picking up some things that he would have taken out of the Richmond system and taking them up there. Corey Ellis joined the club. Jordan Murdoch joined the club. None of them played in round one. You know, there's some injuries sort of with some alibis there. But I think that if they're going to move into the next phase, those guys will probably become backseat sort of contributors. And it has to be other guys sort of pushing them up the, the ranks who we talked about a little bit earlier because there's only so much. You, know, you, you can't be um, – and carrying's too strong a word, but you can't be having players on your side and in your list to fulfil those sort of key cultural touchstones when you're a building club. And I think they're probably at the point now where you have to say, okay, you've done a great job, but are you going to take us forward on the field?
0: You mentioned the first-round picks, um, current guys, but what about a couple of guys who have well-established now in the system? Lockie Weller, Peter Wright. Do we need to see more from these guys? Lockie Weller played um, for the Dream Team in the... Uh, sorry, the All-Stars in the State of Origin match earlier this year and he's right in that hitting zone now where he needs to be playing good footy as for me is peter wright who has been given ample opportunity and it just feels to me like he needs to, to grasp his opportunities
1: yeah i think they were in the same draft actually it 2014. i think they both were in that draft uh peter wright was taken eight i think from memory weller about 14 or so from Freo. yeah i mean i'm a big lucky weller fan i don't think there's a bigger one out there but I think this is the year where you start to see his importance at the Suns, and I think we're starting to see that actually in the preseason. I know the the Allies v Victoria game was, you know, a, a bit Mickey Mouse in some ways, but um, he showed really good signs amongst some good company there. Then throughout the preseason, showed that pace and and run and sc- and class and skills with his with his feet. So he adds something completely different to their midfield mix, and they don't have a player like Lockie Weller, so they need him up and frying. And I think this is the year where. Yeah, he's been a good player, but I think he can become a really good player. He gets some attention because the pick two trade that was offered up and you know that sort of happened to get him across the line. But I would also say that yeah, if people are looking at that draft pick and what they gave away to get Lockie Weller, I wouldn't say that draft class is exactly firing at the moment. So there's a few players in that group who still need to prove their worth too. So yes, he's one that I think will step up because I think he's a real quality player. The Peter Wright situation is interesting though because didn't play in round one. Um, I'm still wondering, and we spoke about you know his draft year. Yeah, you know, at the time, Mitch, all the questions were whether he was a ruck or a forward. I still am no clearer on where that one sits for him. I'm not sure what your opinion is, but that mm. could be a sort of a, a sticking point in terms of where they play him and how they use him and what he's actually best at.
0: I still think he's a lead-up forward. Just his probably his competitiveness maybe lacks a bit to be going around in the ruck. They've got wits in that position, so I, I still like Peter Wright as a five, six-minute ruck a, guy, a quarter, but he just needs to just bring a bit more. Just show some mongrel, Peter. Just give us something in attack. You know, attack the footy. I just think the tools he's got, he leaves just a little bit to be desired. I'd love to see him offer a bit more.
1: Yeah, well, there's not many ruckmen who are that big and can play forward and actually have an impact as a forward more full-time than the ruck. So, look, he's always thought that he's a, a more of a forward than a ruckman. I'm still yet to be convinced.
0: All right, now... I've probably been a bit doom and gloom on the Suns, and purely because I watched and was excited to see how they went in round one. They didn't deliver it. Let's talk a bit of positive stuff. Darcy McPherson, his preseason has been off the charts from everything you hear out of the Suns. Podium finish in the BNF last year. How do we see their forward mix at ground level? Because Isaac Rankin is another one that you keep telling me about, and I'm excited to see what he's got to offer.
1: Oh, it's yeah. I know. I'm absolutely flat that we're not going to, have to see him uh, play for a long time now, likely as we wait for footy to resume. Because, geez, the the kid hadn't had an injury before heading to the Suns. Then mm-hmm. the hamstring problems last year basically, you know, it's ruined his first year at AFL level. He would have played 20 games last year. He would have probably challenged uh, Sammy Walsh for the Rising Star had he played all season. So he's ready to go. He's been ready to go since he was 16. I can't imagine mm-hmm. how frustrated he must be, but. He's got a good head on his shoulders and I think he's their most exciting young player by an absolute street. So I um, can't wait to see him out there.
0: That's right, the Gold Coast Suns shutdown report card. All of our fingers crossed. Looking forward to seeing Isaac Rankin return when the Suns are back on the park. Round two, whenever it is. Thank you, Kaltumi.